Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. We thank you each and every day that we get together around the Word of God because, truthfully, there's not many days left. Praise God. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, the end days according to the Bible, how Jesus is talking about the days that we live in right now. And, folks... There can be no doubt that this is the last of the last of the last days. And you can see it every night on the evening news, all around the world. Everything Jesus talked about is happening right now. That's no reason to be afraid. That should not instill fear in anyone. That should instill faith, praise God. Faith in the word of God. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in God, our heavenly father. Faith that the things that... The prophets of old said would come to pass are happening right now in our day, in our time, in our life. Faith is what it takes right now to live. Faith is what it takes right now to survive in this society. Faith is what it takes right now to know that we are headed to heaven very, very soon. Faith to know this world is going to be destroyed, praise God. Faith that evil is going to be overcome. Faith, faith, faith in God. Jesus said, have faith in God. Praise the Lord. Shout amen, somebody. Oh, this is going to be a good day. Ah, yeah. For some people, it's going to be a bad day. For some people, they're going to be suffering for eternity at the end of this day. Why do I say that? Because people are dying every single minute of every single day. That's life in this earth. We, as humans, living in these physical bodies right now, are destined to die. That's just the way it is. The only question is, where will you go when you die? If it's if you're a believer, you're headed to heaven. Praise God. If you're an unbeliever, you've had your chance. You had your chance to repent. You had your chance, chance to change your destiny. And God is giving you your choice. Oh, hell is full of people right now who wish they could have one more chance to accept Jesus as Savior but they don't. You must make that decision while you are here. And when you make that decision, when you decide Jesus is the answer to everything, and you give your heart and your life to him, he forgives you of all your past sins, all your sins forevermore, and comes into your heart, changes your life, creates in you a new person that's righteous in the eyes of God, and then when you die, you immediately step into his presence. Praise the Lord. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. We ain't even prayed yet. Praise God. Let's go to the Father with a word of prayer and get started in today's broadcast. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we know already that your Holy Spirit is leading this session. Praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Have your way. Let your Holy Spirit guide our discussion this day. So that someone somewhere this day, somewhere in the world, would receive this broadcast, hear this broadcast, and respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit to receive Jesus as their Savior. That's the purpose of this broadcast. And for you, Father, we give all honor, all glory, all praise at all times and all things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go to what I call our foundation of faith. It's commonly referred to as the Apostles' Creed. Again, it's so important you say these words out loud, loud enough for your own two ears to hear. Faith comes by hearing, 
hearing by the word of God. Amen. Just repeat after me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. Ah, but the third day he rose again from the dead. And (laughs) he ascended up into heaven and is seated right now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty from from where he's going to soon return to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Today we're going to be talking about the end times according to the Bible, what Jesus had to say about the day and time in which we live right now. Praise God. So we're going to turn over to Matthew chapter 24. We're also going to look at Mark chapter 12. So you need to grab your Bibles and and hold your spot in those two places because Jesus actually told us what life would be like on this earth just before his return. So let's start off with Matthew 24. Jesus, we're starting in verse 1. We're just going through it. And Jesus went out, departed from the temple. His disciples came with him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, Do you see all these things? Truly I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now I'm using the King James Version. Uh, you'll hear me change some of the words, the thou's and the thou's and all that stuff. Just That's how I just read it because it makes it more real to me uh, instead of the old you know, King's English, okay? But that was fulfilled. AD 67, that was fulfilled. That temple was destroyed, just like Jesus said it was going to be. Amen. Then as he sat on upon, verse 3, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of the your coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceives you. Deception is the number one thing that you need to watch out for. Oh, there's people deceiving people all the time. Politicians do it every time they open their mouth. But we're talking spiritual deception. Well, you know, those Christians, they say Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's so offensive to the Muslims and, and every, you know, the, the, the atheists and everybody. You know, we, I just believe that, that, you know, God makes multiple ways to heaven. So whatever your culture says, you know, as long as you do that, you're going to be okay. That's deception. That's an antichrist. That's the spirit of an antichrist. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. Well, that's because that's what the Christians said. And, you know, they, they just do that to, to amplify their own voice. Blah, 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 blah. Go to hell. Take those thoughts and just go to hell because that's where you're headed. Yeah, I'm being blunt. Today is not a day Brother Bob is going to be you know, tiptoeing around the tulips. I'm going to mow the tulips over with the lawnmower and lay bare the ground. Amen? Oh, yeah, I know. Some of you may be turning me off right now. That's all right. Go to hell. That's what you want to do. Go to hell. The seed's been planted. You've heard the word already. That's all my job is, to plant the seed. You either accept it or reject it in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. All right. So verse 4, Jesus answered them. Remember, they just asked, what will be the sign of your coming? He said, take heed, no man will deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. I am the Messiah. I am the anointed one. That's what Christ means, the anointed one. And shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of war. That's been going on ever since. And we see it and hear it happening today. Right? China and Taiwan, Russia and Ukraine. 
down in Somalia and, and different countries in Africa, North Korea, South Korea. It's all over. It's happening all over the world. Wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled by this. Don't be troubled by wars and rumors of wars. Don't be troubled by it. He said, all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Verse 7, nation shall rise against nation. That's not countries. Nation is translated ethno, so it's ethnic groups. Different races, different ethnic groups will rise against other ethnic groups. Well, we see that happening all over the world, and especially here in the United States. Amen. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Black Lives Matter and, you know, the Proud Boys and, and all this other stuff, right? I mean, the Civil War in this nation 160 years ago was bad. It was very bad. But this nation is more divided today than it was back then. Think about that. I mean, back then it was neighbors fighting neighbors, sons fighting fathers, brothers fighting brothers. We got the same thing today. You got Democrats versus Republicans, pe people wanting to kill each other over politics, folks. Hey, Amen. Don't show me now when I'm preaching good. Let's go back to the Bible and see what Jesus had to say. Nation shall rise against the ethnic group against ethnic group. Kingdom against kingdom. There's your nations fighting wars. There will be famines. That's happening worldwide. California's water sources are drying up. They're almost dried up to a bone. Pestilences. COVID. What's the new one? Monkeypox. All this stuff. Earthquakes in various places. There's more earthquake activity now than ever before. Praise the Lord. That's what Jesus said would happen. Hallelujah. Bring it on. All these are just the beginning of sorrow. When you see all these things on the news happening all over the world, Jesus said, this is just the beginning. You ain't seen nothing yet. That's what that means. So then, verse 9, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted. They're going to report you to the authorities if you take a stand for the Bible. Well, we see that happening today. Amen. You've seen it on the news in some cases. That, that one football coach, because he wanted to pray, they fired him. He sued all the way to the Supreme Court, got his job back. But that's what I'm saying, folks. If you take a stand for Jesus, if you take a stand for the Word of God in this day, in this time, in this hour, you will be afflicted. You will be attacked because of your faith, because you are offending somebody who doesn't believe. They'll deliver you up to be afflicted. They'll kill you. They'll try and kill you. You see that on the news. And you'll be hated of all nations. There's that word nations again, ethnic groups. You'll be hated by all ethnic groups for my name's sake. If you are a Christian and you stand for what the Bible says, you stand for what Jesus said, I don't care if you're black, white, brown, yellow, purple, green, upside down, or whatever. You take a stand for what the Bible says and tell people they are wrong for living that lifestyle. They want to kill you. They're going to take you to the authorities and try and sue you, try and put you in jail, and they will try to kill you in some instances. Exactly what we see in the news right now. Verse 10, then shall many be offended and they'll betray one another and hate one another. We see that today. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. There you go. Well, you know, God loves you just as you are. He doesn't want you to change. He just wants you to accept him and that he'll bless you and he'll prosper you and he just loves you and he wants you to have the best in life. 
You have denominations that have ordained homosexual preachers, transgender preachers. You know, you heard Christians say way back, I mean, way, way, way back, 20 years ago or more, when all this, you know, uh, common law marriage was the first step. They gave them that. Okay, we'll give them this common law marriage, and this will make this subject go away. Nope. That satisfied them for about a year. Then they wanted to be recognized as real marriage, these homosexuals, same-sex couples. So they gave them that. Then they wanted all the benefits to go with it. They gave them that. Then, and preachers were talking about it back then, Next thing you know, they're going to want to, you know, have pedophile legalized. They were going to have, you know, the the transgenders they want their rights to and all. And sure enough, just in lockstep, here it comes. Now you got boys going into girls' locker rooms to change just because they told the principal, hey, I'm really a girl inside. But yet when they go in and change in the girls' locker room, they got an erection. Girls fleeing from the locker rooms, refusing to go back in. Folks, this is being covered up by the news media. Every now and then a story pops out. But this is happening today in the public school system. Girls pretending to be men. Men pretending to be girls. Going to the Olympics. Setting all kinds of world records. Because girls naturally, physically are not as strong as men, but they're going, the men are pretending, hey, I'm a girl, I'm going to go win me an Olympic medal as a girl. These things are happening. You've seen it on the news. This is exactly what Jesus said the last days would be like. Many shall be offended, shall betray one another, shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many grows cold. Waxes cold. That means grows cold. We see that today. Just let them be. As long as it doesn't bother me, I don't care. I don't care what they do. Just leave me alone. I'm not going to witness to them. I don't care what happens to them. I don't care. That's what that verse means. And that's where we're at today. But, Jesus said in verse 13, He that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. The same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, all ethnic groups. Then the end shall come. Praise God, we're there. Evangelism Radio has been going since October 4, 2010, 24-7. We've preached into over 160 different nations, oh, all 50 states. I have no idea how many millions of people have been born again because of listening to the preachers on this radio station. But we help all these ministries to get the word out. We are fulfilling that scripture right there through my podcast, through helping other people to make podcasts, make their own radio programs, and then broadcasting their programs all over the world through the power of the internet. We are fulfilling that scripture right there. And what does Jesus say? Then shall the end come. Hallelujah. Verse 15, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Stand in the holy place. Whosoever reads, let him understand. All right, we're going to stop there for a second. Let's turn over to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Oh, hallelujah. Where am I looking at here? I think it's 12. And... I probably got the wrong chapter. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. There we go. Yeah. 13, not 12. Chapter 13. Jesus in verse 2 says, See these great buildings. There should not be left here one stone on another. As he sat down, disciples said, Tell us when these things shall be. 
Again, in verse 5, Jesus said, Take heed, lest any man deceives you. Many come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Don't be troubled. These things need to be, but the end is not yet. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be earthquakes in various places, famines and troubles. These are just the beginning of sorrows. Take heed to yourself, for they shall deliver you up to councils. They'll take you in the synagogues. You'll be beaten. You'll be brought before rulers and kings for not my namesake as a testimony against them. The gospel must first be published among all races, all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, Take no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither should you premeditate your answers. But whosoever or whatsoever shall be given to you in that hour, that you shall speak. For it's not you that is speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Now, brother shall betray brother to death. You know, we've seen that in World War II. We've seen that today. Brother shall betray brother to death. Father, the son. The children will rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put. We see that today, folks. We see that happening today. You know, especially these kids that, you know, age eight and nine and 12 and 14 want to go through this transgenderism changes and stuff. They don't want to do it. They get reported. Their parents get reported. Some of them have been put in jail for child abuse, child neglect. Folks, these things are happening right now in this world. You should be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. But when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it should not be, let him that reads understand. Then let them that's in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him that's on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter in there to take anything out of his house. Let him that's in the field not turn back again to take up his garment. But woe to them that are with child, to them that are nursing in those days. And pray that your flight's not in the winter. For in those days shall the affliction, such as was not from the beginning of creation of God, created into this time, neither shall it be. And unless the Lord has shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he has chosen, he has shortened those days." Now, let's stop there and turn over to 2 Thessalonians and chapter number 2. We're going to look at the abomination of desolation. Verse 2, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come unless there is a falling away first. Well, there you go. We have a, we've been experiencing in the United States of America, for sure, let alone around the world. We have been experiencing a falling away from Christ ever since about 1962, when they outlawed prayer in school. Next, about 1964, came taking down the Ten Commandments and you can't have a Bible in school. Don't shout me down. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I, rem- I was young enough to be in school to realize they stopped doing that stuff. There's a falling away. And since that time, when back in the late 60s and early 70s, Every church parking lot was probably 80, 90% full. Businesses were closed on Sunday. They didn't open the grocery stores till like 1 o'clock in the afternoon so that everybody could have a chance to go to church. I remember gas stations being closed. If you needed gas, you better get it on Saturday, Bubba, because Sunday every gas station was closed. Then in the late 70s, talking like 76, 77, 78, 79, they started being open. You couldn't buy beer or alcohol or anything like that on Sunday at all. At all. Then the convenience stores started selling it on the weekends, on Sundays. They stayed open. Folks, that falling away has been going on ever since. Now, you go by most church parking lots, They're half full at best. Some are still full, but half full at best. Most churches have less than 50 people in it. 
the majority of churches in the United States of America today have less than 50 people in it. A good chunk of them have less than 25. There's a falling away. Less than 78%, I think it is, or something like 78% of people don't even go to church. Used to be the other way around. There's a falling away that has come first. There it is. It's already happened. The man of sin shall be revealed. The Antichrist. He shall be revealed. That's the next step. That's the next step. And the son of perdition. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called of God or that is worshipped. So that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So that's the next step. When will it happen? Where will it happen? It happens in Jerusalem after they get permission to rebuild the temple and offer temple sacrifices. Now, let me explain something that happened recently in the news. Eight red heifers have been delivered to Jerusalem. And for a very thorough inspection. If they find one white hair, one black hair, something like that, heifer is disallowed. Every hair has to be red. No blemishes. What is that for? That's for the first offering on the new sacrifice, on the new altar in the new temple. Negotiations are underway. There's so much turmoil going on that the Muslims will, at this point in time where this is talking about right now in prophecy, they will give Israel permission to set up on the Temple Mount the next temple. Now, it takes years, at least one year, we'll say, to build the temple proper, probably multiple years. But they have everything in place to erect the tent structure like Moses had, they have all, everything is in place and already prepared and in storage. Once they get permission, they can have that uh, temple, temporary temple set up in a matter of hours, at least one day or two days. It'll be all set up so that they can offer the temple sacrifices. And this is going to so enrage the Muslims that eventually, about the three, three, third year in, when the mid-trib comes along and the Antichrist is revealed, he's going to go in and declare himself as God. That's what's going to happen. But the preparations have already been completed. The negotiations for this stage have already, behind the scenes, been going on. So, folks, we are very very close, very close. Praise the Lord. Remember, verse 5, that when I was yet with you, I told you all these things, is what Paul said. So there you go, all right? Scripture reveals we are this close to seeing all these things fulfilled. Praise the Lord. Ah. <sighs> Let's go down to verse 24 in Mark chapter 13. But in those days, after that tribulation, because war is going to break out, the sun shall be darkened, the moon will not give her light, the stars of heaven shall fall, the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. Then they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you should in like manner. When you see these things come to pass, know that it is near, even at the doors. For verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass. What generation? He's been saying that ever for 2,000 years. What generation? The generation that sees these things beginning to come to pass. That generation will not pass away until all these things are fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall never pass away. But of that day and that hour, no man knows, not the angels which are in heaven, nor the Son, 
but the Father only. Take heed, watch, pray, for you don't know when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants, to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch, therefore, for you don't know when the master of the house will be coming, at evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. What I say unto you, I say unto all, unto all, and that is, watch. That's what we've been doing, watching. And we see this happening. You know, I mean, just take it all in context, folks. Right now, we have neighbors fighting neighbors. I mean, Democrats versus Republicans. There used to be a time in this nation, not too long ago, where there was differences on policy. There'd be arguments about policy. There'd be you know, heated exchanges in the Senate and in the House. And then after dinner, they'd go out and have dinner together and, and you know, recreation stuff and, you know, and just carry on a conversation. And that's how business was done. Now, Democrats don't want to even be in the same room as Republicans. Republicans don't want to be in the same room as Democrats. There's hardly any, you know, uh, commonality, hanging out together, just discussing things off the floor. So there's no agreement, no no opportunity for compromise. It's my way or the highway. That's what both sides are saying. That's why nothing gets done. Until one party assumes power where they have the votes to push through their agenda and that just upsets the other side. I mean, that's what's going on right now. This nation is worse off today than it's ever been. People fighting over politics, not just the politicians themselves, but, you know, people at work. People, you know, your next door neighbor doesn't like you because you're a Democrat. You don't like him because he's a Republican, blah, blah, blah. I mean, folks... There was a time, just not too long ago, when the United States was a world power. After World War II, it was Russia and the United States. Ronald Reagan got it where it was just the United States. The Russian superpower was broken up. Now Vladimir Putin wants to reunite all those nations that became independent republics. He wants to get them all back under great mother Russia. And he's succeeding. One step at a time. Ukraine is standing against it. A movie star, an actor, has rallied the Ukrainian people. And they are withstanding the Russian horde. They're making great gains in regaining their country. Kind of like Ronald Reagan in the United States. We had Jimmy Carter. Great man, just not a great politician. Wasn't really a great president. But, you know, that was just his politics. That was his policies. And Ronald Reagan, an actor, came in and the United States was blessed beyond measure through his policies. And that's what's happening in Ukraine right now. But folks, recent actions in this nation... Under this administration, with a man who, who has dementia, I mean, the economy in this nation has been ruined by their policies. Yeah, COVID was bad, but think about this. Pestilences shall come. COVID was a pestilence. There is now, even the Democrats are saying it was a man-made virus. You know, they, they would put people in jail, block them off social media and all that stuff for saying that two years ago. But now, it's becoming a more recognized, accepted fact that it was a man-made virus that escaped from the Wuhan labs. The middle class in this nation is being destroyed. Yeah, you have the rich and you had the poor, but the middle class is the one who held this nation together. Now, because of the Democrat policies where they want to take from the rich and give to the poor... I'm not saying you know, that the poor should be neglected. Absolutely not. But 
There is no such thing as social economy. You know, welfare was created as a temporary measure to get people over the hump until they could provide for themselves. Once people realized they could get money for doing absolutely nothing, that's what they wanted to do. And you had one generation. That became their goal. And they passed that on to the next generation because they found out the more kids I have, the more money I get, as long as no man's living in the house. And that started the split families, the single parent families, and especially in the black community. But it also, you know, it's all, uh, that's the majority, but there's a lot of white people that grew up under this system as well. And the second generation learned it from the first. The third generation learned it from the first and the second. The first generation started dying off. The third generation started having kids. The fourth generation learned it from them. And guess what? That's all they've ever known. Every month I get my check. I can do what I want. I don't have to work. But that was a system that politicians used to hold control. Hey, if you want to keep getting uh, your pay raises every month on this welfare stuff, you need to vote for me because they're going to take it away. I'll keep giving it to you. And there you go. That started the decline in this nation. We've had four or five generations now of people raised under that system. So when you start talking about welfare reform and stuff like that, yeah, people get mad because that's all they've ever known. And that has ruined the economy. When they dump trillions upon trillions of dollars into the economy, it ruins the economy. Think about this. This is basic economics 101 stuff, supply and demand. If you have, uh, we'll just say, 50 apples, and you're selling them for a dollar a piece, 50 people can spend a dollar and get an apple. But if everyone gets a pay raise and now everyone has $3 to spend, hmm, okay, I've only got 50 apples, so uh, you know, more people have more money. So let's say 100 people want apples now. Hey, I've got more money. I want to buy an apple. Well, tell you what, I'm going to raise this to $2 now because you got more money. Well, 50, first 50 people in with $2, they get the apple and they still got a dollar left over. Makes sense. That's called inflation. But this time, I only got 25 apples. You still got your $3. Well, I'll tell you what, now we're going to go $5 an apple. First 10, you know, people that want five, spend $5 on an apple, they're going to buy it. But guess what? They only got $3. So where are they going to get the other two? Well, the government will give them some money. That's where we're at in this nation right now. And that's how inflation kicks in. That's what we're dealing with right now. And it all started because the government wanted to give away free money. Like I said, the pandemic was terrible. But it was man-made. The response to the pandemic was man-made. Yeah, they should have taken care of people that lost their jobs. But they didn't have to lose their jobs. They didn't have to shut down the economy. They realize now, the, the smart politicians anyway, realize now that shutting down the economy was the wrong thing to do. But if you remember, back when this started, it was what? Two weeks. That's all it needs to be. Two days. 15 days to stop the spread. 15 days to stop the spread. So they said, okay, all right. As Americans, we can suck this up. We can do this for two weeks. At the end of two weeks, what do they do? Now well, we're going to go another 15 days. You know, it's just not slowed down yet. Another 15 days. All right. What do they do then? It's still not slow. We're going to go 30 days this time. 30 days to shut down the economy. And we're going to give you some money to tide you over. And there we started down the slippery slope. And they realized, the, the economists realized that was the point where we started destroying the economy of the world. This was worldwide. 
Ships bringing in supplies were backed up for months off the ports because we weren't going to let them in. Not for COVID reasons. And the grocery stores started running. And guess what? Now, you know, we, we were energy independent as a nation. We were selling oil to other nations. That's how much of a surplus we had. And then this administration comes in, and on day one, they canceled the most, what was going to be the most prosperous pipeline we had to keep us energy independent for years. This administration shut it down on day one. And hundreds of thousands of people, well, at least tens of thousands of people, lost their jobs day one under this administration. And what did the, the president say? Well, go get retrained and do something else. And now we are energy. You know, then he he had politi- He ran on office for you know he was going to hold Saudi Arabia accountable. What did he do? He went over hat in hand, begging them to give us oil. And the Saudi king just laughed at him embarrassed and humiliated the President of the United States. That had never happened before. But that's what's happening right now. We see it. This economy is ruined. The middle class is being destroyed. And because of this, you also see the government doesn't want to admit to what's going on, so they're weaponizing everything they can using draconian tactics. They they gave the IRS... Enough money to hire 86,000 enforcement agents, and they are giving them uh, legal status to carry firearms and enforce the tax laws. What does that tell you? Why does an IRS agent need to carry a firearm? And these 86,000 aren't going for the, the big, you know, multi-millionaires making all sorts of money that the, the Democrats keep saying are the ones responsible for not paying their taxes. These 86,000 are to audit the individual taxpayers and collect every nickel that you owe them. So if you've been fudging on your taxes a little bit, they're going to find it and they want their $15. They want their $150, and they're going to take that $150, and let's say it was three years ago that you cheated, and, you know, you kind of fudged a little bit to save that $150. They're going to charge you 5% per month on that $150 for 36 months, and it just keeps increasing. Now, instead of $150, you owe them, let's say it's $1,200. Well, I don't have $1,200. Well, we're taking your car. We're taking your house. We're taking your paycheck. We're confiscating everything you got to get our money. The IRS has the power to do that. They can take your house if they want to and sell it and get their $1,500 or whatever. Folks, that is draconian tactics no matter what way you look at it. Then we got the weather, you know, uh, hot, cold, floods, famine, you know, fires out in California, floods in the middle part of the country, St. Louis and all that, hurricanes down in Florida, tornadoes in in the Midwest, Freezing cold in the northeast. Hot, hot, hot out in the southwest. That's just in the United States. Earthquakes increasing in frequency all around the world. We have had earthquakes in Maryland, I think, twice in the last year. We had one in 20 years. It was just a small one. That's just here. They're increasing in frequency all around the world. You got the ring of fire. Out in the Pacific Ocean that's seen an increase in volcanoes. Well, guess what? The volcanoes are a result of the earthquake that shakes and cracks open the volcano, and there you go. Pretty soon, they'll be increasing in magnitude. Not just frequency, but magnitude. You gotta, you've seen them in the, the Middle East. Yellowstone here in the United States is a big concern. I read one report that the, uh, the actual elevation of the bowl, the, the valley in Yellowstone, is decreasing. That means it's collapsing. And if it collapses on itself, that opens up the entire volcanic region. And experts say if Yellowstone blows, it's taking out half of the United States because the winds will be blowing it eastward, and that's going to cover 
the Midwest and a couple feet of ash, which means no crops, which means no food, not just for us, but for the world. So Yellowstone is a big concern. Again, you got the wars and the rumors of wars. We've discussed that. You got the threat of nuclear annihilation. It's the worst now since like the 1960s with the Cuban Missile Crisis. Think about that. I, I grew up in the 60s. I remember, you know, for whatever use it was going to do, if there was a, you know, you had your, new, okay, nuclear bomb threat and everybody hid underneath their desk. I wasn't going to do any good. But that's what they had you do. Hiding under your desk. Folks, we are on the verge of nuclear annihilation. If Russia really... And it used to be the mutual destruction agreement, or it wasn't really an agreement, but the policy, where if Russia... Launch against us, we'd launch against them. Both nations would be totally wiped out. And basically the world would be destroyed because of the nuclear fallout. And that's what kept us from using nuclear weapons. Russia has now threatened to use tactical nuclear weapons in Ukraine, which would only wipe out an area, you know, five square miles or something for each one. But it's still a nuclear weapon. When on a, a news program, a high-ranking administration official, I can't remember how high he was, but they, the president in a meeting had said, uh, maybe it was the president, I think it was his, one of his associates, they asked him what the response would be if, Tuck, if Russia used a tacular nuclear weapon in Ukraine. His response, now this is someone who's been sitting in the meetings. His response was, we'll give him one. If, if they if they do this one time, we're gonna you know talk to them about it, and probably it'll cost them some sanctions. You just told publicly Vladimir Putin you got one card. We'll give you one, so use it wisely. What what kind of policy is that? The only reason Russia hasn't used them before is because of the threat of a total response by the United States, and now. This administration has told Russia, we'll give you one. As long as it's a small one, we'll give you one. How do you think Ukraine feels about that? Now, we've already talked about the oil and the situation here in the United States and that Russia, who is supplying Europe because Joe Biden gave them permission to build the pipeline... After he shut down, immediately after he shut down the Keystone Pipeline, he gave Russia to build the same kind of thing to feed Europe where Russia could sell all this oil to Europe. Now, because Europe is kind of siding with the United States on these sanctions against Russia and it's hurting them pretty bad, Russia said, we're going to turn off your pipeline. We're not going to give you oil. Oh, They didn't really say we're not going to give you oil. What they said was, we have to do some maintenance on the pipeline coming up here pretty soon. And we're going to have to turn it off for several months while we do the maintenance. And it's going to happen in the middle of winter in Europe. If you're going to do scheduled maintenance on something, you'd kind of do it in the, the time when there's not much demand for whatever it is you're pumping, right? Russia said no. We're going to freeze you out. You, got, you, you want to say you don't support us? You want to support their ideas? Well, fend for yourself. Go collect wood and burn it in your kitchen because we're going to turn off your oil. And they're already instituting plans to, to you know, energy conservation and all that stuff. But one nation, and Iran's with Russia, by the way. Iran is with Russia. But one nation in the Middle East has discovered they got a lot of oil, and they're making agreements to supply Europe with it. You know who that nation is? Israel. It's going to take them 18 months or so to get it up and running, but that's what they're going to do. They're going to supply Europe with oil. So that just backfires Russia's plan, right? So according to the Bible in Ezekiel 38, the Ezekiel 38 war, Russia invades Israel from the south. Persia 
comes up from the uh, from the north. Persia comes up from the south. Who's Persia? Modern day Iran. And China invades from the east. Right. Well, China's now allied with Russia. And guess who else? Iran. There's three powers in that axis that are already in agreement together to support each other. Well, when Russia decides, you know, they don't want Israel selling oil to Europe, there's the scenario for them to invade oil. They're going to shut down Israel, invading from the north, Persia from the south, China sending 200 million men. They've already said they'd support Russia in military operations against Ukraine. Well, guess what? They got to go through Ukraine to get down to Israel. So here we go. The Ezekiel 38 war is now on the table. That's how close we are. That's the trifecta, according to the Bible, as described in the last days. Amen. Don't show me that when I'm preaching good. Have you noticed how they continue now to discover more and more viruses to, to cover the pestilences? They say these viruses can kill you. You know, the monkeypox and the strains, different strains of COVID and all that. Why now? Why now are they suddenly discovering these things? Notice the big push to get everyone vaccinated continuously over and over and over and over again. I mean, the normal flu killed more people every year than COVID did. But yeah, COVID was this big monstrosity. But now they continue to push the newer and newer vaccines. And now they're combining the flu vaccine with the COVID boosters. Have you heard this one lately? It's called the Flooster shot. The government's now running ads. Did you get your Flooster booster yet? Your Flooster shot yet? They invented a new name for this vaccine. Flooster. I'm not making this stuff up, folks. Inflation. We covered that. You can't buy what you need let alone what you want, which causes more and more people to become dependent on the government, which is exactly what the government wants. They've been put, the, the I don't want to just say Democrats because Republicans do the same thing. They want you reliant upon them because then they can control you. And recently, the rise of cryptocurrency is causing many nations to consider creating their own cryptocurrency. Why? Because cryptocurrency is called a, a decentralized finance. In other words, it's peer-to-peer. -peer. If, if you and I have the same cryptocurrency and it's worth X amount of dollars or X amount of rubles or X amount of won or whatever, we can trade back and forth, cutting out the government. Well, the government doesn't want to be cut out of anything. They want their share. Matter of fact, they want to control the whole share. They want you to come to them for it. That's what the U.S. dollar, which is now being devalued across the world, used to be. Right? So the governments want their own decentralized currency, and they're starting to develop it. Once the government develops its own cryptocurrency under the guise of allowing others to trade interchangeably the U.S. dollar, you know, and all that, so easily with other crypto. Once that happens, that's step one. And then they're going to cut off all other cryptocurrencies, but theirs. That's step two. Which means now they can control via computer with a flip of a switch whether or not you can buy anything. Because once they eliminate the dollar, they've already taken the United States off the gold standard. Thank you, Richard Nixon. So there's nothing backing our currency. So why not create a cryptocurrency? We don't need anything to back it. We just say we're going to do it. And now they can f tell you, you can't buy anything anywhere at any time unless you use our cryptocurrency. You refuse to do so, you just can't buy anything groceries, pay your rent, anything. That means they can control via computer how much you're authorized to earn, how much you're authorized to spend. I don't care if you got a million dollars in cryptocurrency, you're only authorized to spend $10,000. And where are you spending at? China has already implemented something called social scoring. 
This is a method they use to keep everyone compliant. If you say something you shouldn't, your score goes down. If your score goes down, you can be denied travel, access to certain resources, etc. If you're a good China citizen and obey the orders of the government, report incidents uh, on your neighbors and stuff, then your score goes up. That'll happen here as well. We already see it on social media. We see that happening all over social media. Just think about it if they took it a step further, right? Folks, this is happening right now. I ain't even got into signs from heaven. You know, Jesus talked about the stars falling from heaven, asteroids falling from heaven. One asteroid half mile across would wipe the world out. That's why NASA all of a sudden is, is trying to figure out a way to deflect asteroids. But guess what? You can't deflect them all. There's, there's been asteroids that pass between us and the moon a quarter mile across that they didn't even see until it passed us. Now, what are you going to do about that? And let alone the, the caves, you know, the, the, the emergency shelters for government officials and rich people and, you know, those that are, you know, central to the survival of America and other nations. They all have them. That's why the Bible says that they'll be calling, when Jesus returns, they'll be hiding in the mountains, telling the rocks to fall on them and protect us. And we're here now. You and I, we don't qualify to get into those shelters. It's only the rich, the influential, and the political figures. Just like the Bible says. Jesus said there would be signs in the heavens. I'd call that a sign, right? NASA themselves have now acknowledged that that's a sign that they're concerned about. Amen? And it doesn't have to be a huge rock. You could get one that's you know half mile across, a mile across, that flies by. Well, the gravitational pull is going to pull off all those loose little rocks, maybe the size of cars. That's why you see these stars falling down from heaven, according to Jesus. Folks, these things are real. And, you know, oh, I could go on and on. I got more stuff I need to cover. Maybe we'll do it again next time. I don't know. But what's the worst thing that can happen? Jesus said in Matthew 24, those that endure to the end shall be saved. So is that you? Will you endure no matter what happens? If you don't know you could do that or not, if all the things I talked about are concerning you, I urge you to turn all your cares over to Jesus because he cares for you. He can handle all the cares for you. Amen. What's the worst that could happen? You die. Paul said for me to die is gain. Yes. Once we die, if you're a believer in Christ, you will immediately be escorted into his presence. But if you're an unbeliever, well, just let's, let's just say it's not going to end up well for you. Amen. So just pray this prayer with me right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and praise you for your blessing in my life. And Father, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior right now and the forgiveness of my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my heart, creating me this new man, one that loves God. And Father, I thank you for my salvation and the security of my salvation, all in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer, email me at brotherbob at ftfm.org and let me know because we want to rejoice with you. Amen. If you need your own Bible to study, let me know. If you're in the continental United States, I'll send you your own personal Bible, absolutely free of charge. I'll even pay the postage on it. But it's only in the continental United States. Amen. Till next time, it's Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. And look up, for your redemption is drawing near. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com and be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.